You're listening to Love, Sex, Business with the Boss Ladies of Detroit. I'm your host, Ayana Williams-Jones, owner of Twin Resorts, Pedicure and Shoes to Go Day Spa, and Boss Ladies of Detroit Business Consulting. And I'm Naya Marshall. I own Ivy Kitchen and Cocktails, Diamo Development, and Detroit Decontamination. And we're your hosts for the official Boss Ladies of Detroit podcast. Our guest today is Rashida Kamaria Williams. She's an award-winning mentor, TEDx speaker, author, and Chief Empowering Officer for Empowered Flower Girl. For more than a decade, Rashida has been dedicated to uplifting and supporting youth through mentoring and facilitating workshops and programs that address and combat bullying, cyberbullying, relational aggression, and other social and communications challenge. She currently works as a mentoring consultant for the state of Michigan. Welcome, Rashida. Welcome. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. This is exciting. Yes. So you know we're going to jump right in into the love, right? Oh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> well, then. <laughs> this, is, this is a surprise. <laughs> so, love. So, love, yeah. <laughs> How do you mix that in? Because that was a whole bunch of stuff I said right there in that award-winning TEDx. Yeah. Author, speaker, mentor. Yeah, as you entrepreneurial ladies know, it can sometimes be a challenge of balancing, you know, work and love and life. Uh, but, you know, I managed to do it. How, how do you balance it? Well, you know, I do travel a lot for work, so that is another challenge sometimes. Um, I'm gone for a week at a time, usually. I'm gone for about two weeks out of the month. Uh, but I still make time for the ones I love, not just romantic relationships, but family and friends as well. Sure, sure. So, you know, you have to set aside time for that. And sometimes with some business trips, you can incorporate a little bit of love into those. <laughs> you, they, invite, they can be one and the same. You know, Absolutely. you can invite your partner on a business trip, you know. And or, make meet, it a, or meet someone there. Been there, done that. <laughs> Those are the best trips. <laughs> Those are a lot of fun. So, yeah, you, you make time to do the things um, that you love and enjoy. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, do you want children or? No, I, I don't. Um, I have a, a wonderful goddaughter, and um, I also have an amazing fur baby, <laughs> my cat Domingo. Touché. Yeah, <laughs> my mother calls him her grand cat. So I don't have bio children nor do I really desire to procreate but I want to make an impact for the children young people that exist already and so I think that's my job I call myself um, a pink and uh, there's a group called Savianti and the pink is a professional aunt no kids so I love that <laughs> absolutely hey, so do I. Do but, but I, I, I think that. you will end up in your journey having hundreds of children if not thousands of children mentoring them and so many people appreciating you know uh just what you've done and the impact that you've had on their lives oftentimes when you have someone that is navigate helping you navigate as a young person you don't even appreciate it until you get older and you're like this person really you know changed my life exactly and parents parents as well like your it could be your neighbors it could be a family member or it could be your your parents i know i i've had those moments where i'm like well my mom you know she's just talking i don't feel like listening but then you know after you know then you the find years, yourself listening sounding like them exactly you exactly. become them and not only that but you're like okay she was right i probably should have listened then absolutely 
Well, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Well, I um, as you mentioned, I am a mentor. I love mentoring and speaking about mentoring. Um, I actually started mentoring um, ooh, over 15 years ago with a local organization that many of you may know. It's called Alternatives for Girls. ALG, uh, yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my restaurant. We donate food there, awesome. actually, yep, yeah. once a week. Yeah, they're, they're an amazing mm-hmm. organization. Shout out to Amy and her team. Uh, they're phenomenal in the work that they do for girls and young women uh, across the city, um, actually throughout southeastern yeah, Michigan for the absolutely. advocacy that they do for survivors of sex trafficking and homeless youth. Um, but I started through a program, a, a mentoring program that they had. Um, yeah, I was in college at the time, and I was going through a lot of challenges, some grief and loss issues, lost some people who were really close to me, and I wanted to do something to turn the attention away from myself. Um, so I just decided to respond to an ad that AFG had in the local newspaper for mentors. And I said, you know, I'm gonna make a difference for these young people, but in turn, they really made the difference in my life. I think, sure. yeah, mentoring basically saved my life, really, because, um, yeah, it, it was a tough time. I was a senior in college and just going through a lot of uh, challenges um, within my family. And um, those girls that I mentored made a, made a difference for me. I loved it, and I still love it to this day and encourage anyone you know, who has a big heart and a little time to become a mentor. So that's kind of how I, I got started in wanting to empower and uplift young people. Well, that's fantastic. I, I remember my time. I, I tutored calculus uh, for DPS. I don't know, 15 years. Um, I know for, for me, and, and tutoring is very different from mentoring, but it kind of overlaps. There is some gray area, I think, in that, in sure. there. Um, how, how do you not internalize it? How do you not take it home and not make it your own, if you will? Yeah, so it can be a challenge, as, as you know, working in education yeah. and working um, with young people. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you don't, you can't separate it, right? Because yeah. you care about them. You they become like members of your family. But at the end of the day, um, with a lot of the mentoring programs, they do offer you some um, training sure. and they offer support for mentors. Well, because there's some boundaries that you have to have in any type of relationship, whether it's a formal mentoring, informal, you know, even with our family and and friends. Uh, so I was able to, you know, be a professional and um, but also give my mentee the support that she needed in particular I remember um, my mentee was just going through some challenges uh, with with her family and going back and forth um, between um, parents homes and things like that and um, you know she was having she was having some challenges and acting out things like that in school but at the same time I was able to offer support and give resources. That's another great thing. As a mentor, you, you give resources to the young people that you work with, whether you um, let them know about other after-school programs, areas that they can channel their energy, but also if you really recognize that they may need some additional help, um, you can also offer to their parents resources that you may have for a counselor or a therapist, things like that. So you know, we have to, we work together, you know, I, I believe sure. in like a village approach. Mm-hmm. So you have to work with the mentoring organization, the parent, the youth, you know, we all come together to make sure that they reach their full potential. Are you still in contact with any of the mentees? Yes. In fact, um, I'm in contact with three, three of my mm-hmm. mentees um, on a regular basis. Uh, two of my mentor mentee 
um, my mentees uh, in our mentoring relationship has been over 15 years. So, wow. yeah, I'm able, I so still they, keep so in contact. So they've grown with you in your career, basically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they, they, they knew me before, <laughs> they knew me before I even started in Power Flower Girl. So they, they know like, the journey. We know the college right <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, and they were my, they were my inspiration. Awesome. As well as my nieces who were teens at the time. I have uh, three nieces and a nephew, but my three nieces are close in age. And so they were all teenagers and they would hang out with um, a couple of my mentees and I would take them all out. I was super ambitious. Okay, taking of course. out taking out uh, five like five teenagers, right? <laughs> <laughs> taking out five teenagers at a time. Sometimes that would uh, there was some fun moments, but other times, you know, it was challenging to keep sure. them focused. But it was it was all fun, and um, I definitely um, I don't regret it. At times, I said, you know, I took on three three kids at once you know most people start off mentoring does one one it's <laughs> one-on-one but no overachiever you <laughs> right <laughs> you can, that's that technician absolutely you absolutely just couldn't do one. Nope. not at all nope, nope. so we know you have an anti-bullying campaign uh talk to us about that how did that come about well it's interesting because i i was bullied and teased tremendously growing up you know, I thought I was cool. <laughs> well, you know how we all think think we're sure. cool, but not everyone <laughs> may think that we are. Um, I experienced in middle school social exclusion. Um, I was harassed daily by some of my classmates. I was a little different. Uh, I was called nerd, weird, but I experienced what's called intra-racial bullying, a meaning that um, the kids who bullied me, you know, they're from the same ethnic and racial background as me, but they equated me speaking proper English with acting white. They equated me listening to classical music or, you know, alternative music with, you know, trying to be white. So I was called Oreo, wannabe, white girl. Uh, It was just, again, daily harassment. And there were times when I would raise my hand to answer questions in the class and you would have someone throw paper at me and say, put your hand down, nerd. You know, so I experienced this throughout the entire year in seventh grade. And I, you know, had moments where I just wanted to give up. There were times I didn't want to go to school. But then I had a teacher who really made a difference and transformed my life. And uh, she had us write in our journals for, for a semester. And I would write detailed descriptions of the bullying, tell her, you know, what happened. And in a way, I think, you know, she wanted us to write in these journals so she can, she was an English teacher, by the way. Sure. So I think she wanted to monitor, you know, our sentence structure, make sure we had subject verb agreement. But I also think she kind of wanted to see what was going on in our lives as a way of, to, to keep uh, track of what's going on with her students. And I let her know what was going on. And she gave me some advice that I actually uh, wrote about in, in my book, Be Empowered. Um, I talked to young people about living above life's drama. And what Mrs. Patty said to me like, made a difference in my life. And that was what I wanted to share with young people. She told me that there'll always be people, um, no matter how good you're doing in the world, the good that you do, even if you're making a difference, there'll be people you know, who, you know, may, they may be haters, but sometimes, you know, these are people who um, are just regular people who may not feel as confident. They may have some insecurities within themselves. And 
you know, there have been people throughout history that have been ostracized and excluded. Um, she mentioned people like Dr. King and Mother Teresa, and uh, she mentioned um, Oprah Winfrey and all of these people. She said, you know, just think about it. These people have made a powerful difference in our society, and yet they were teased and bullied. And then she even mentioned Jesus. She said, you know, <laughs> Jesus had tons of haters, but you right. know, he didn't stop making They you talked know. about Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She said, you know, if Jesus had haters, what do you think is going to happen for you? Um, but you still keep going at it. You still make a difference. Right. So I, I know that you so graduated in the 90s. So did, did they really identify it as bullying in the 90s or like – I know, I know there's been a huge transition in even the language that's being utilized now, more appropriate, more accurate language and actions that's taking from as a result of bullying. But um, I'm, I'm curious to know the difference between then and today. Yeah, and that's a, that's a great question because bullying has always existed, and there was even a term for it, but it was kind of seen as a rite of passage, sure, right? Like sure. this is something that's it's normal. Um, it's get action. some thick skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get some thick skin, mm-hmm. toughen up. That's right. You know, people really hadn't um, explored the impact or researched the impact that um, the bullying and aggression has on youth, but also those who are the perpetrators of the bullying, right? So um, research now has shown that even those who um, not just those who were victims or survivors of bullying who experienced it, but also those who were, you know, labeled bullies. I don't really like to label young people as bullies. Um, I believe that, you know, they are experiencing hurt and pain just like anyone and else. They don't know how to exactly get it out. Yeah, exactly. And they find that even those young people who are labeled as bullies, they have had um, negative impacts of. Their, their behavior as well. Many sure. m- many of them suffer from depression and substance abuse later in life. Um, but I think what has made the difference and now why they're um, looking more at it in the 21st century is because of the cyberbullying. You, know, tra- you know, you have traditional bullying that may involve, you know, daily harassment, threats, um, it's it's all about a power struggle and this imbalance of power you know someone is seen as more powerful they use that power but they don't use it to uplift usually they put it they use it to put others down and to uplift themselves in the process so it has gone from you know just being teased or harassed you know in the schoolyard right on the playground to actually being harassed digitally and sure. young people you know get harassing text messages, phone calls, um, social media threats. And, you know, it has become this insidious kind of... Like, I can't sleep. I can't get away from it. Yeah. I go home. I I cut my phone on, and I still have to see it. I cut my, you know, Facebook on, Instagram on. I still have to see it, Exactly. When we were were growing up... a function of, you know, just so much visibility and so much about... You know, it's just the world is just so connected and so yeah. interactive. You know, before, you know, you lived in your neighborhood. You may have not mm-hmm. even known the kids two blocks over or three blocks over. But now it's like, you know, everyone. You've got 12-year-olds with 2,000 friends and worried about exactly that, how they look, every single thing that they do, what they say, how they look. And and I guess, you know, does does the campaign cover self-esteem issues and things of that nature or is it just really 
focused on like what's the resolution for bullying I guess that's what the question I'm asking okay yeah so uh, you brought up a good point that like when we were growing up it was just the kids in your neighborhood your yeah. most embarrassing moments they would maybe just happen happen in school yeah but nowadays you know you have um, cell phone cameras Everywhere. right they're re- recording you um, even some parents will shame their children on social media, sure. you know, um, as a form of punishment. You know, they record um, them, disciplining them, mm-hmm. and send it out. Um, so I think what has really made a difference and why I really wanted to um, start Empower Flower Girl and the work that we do for, with bullying prevention and addressing uh, those challenges that young people face is because often I believe that young people do want positive and cordial relationships with one another they just don't have the tools Mm. Um, and what we try to help them do within our workshops um, we say that we want to boost their empathy level of empathy and capacity for empathy Mm -hmm. and self-esteem because we find that you know typically the reason why kids are bullying other kids is because they're having some issues they don't want to focus on them Exactly. I was somewhat of a bully. So really, yeah. And I, I, you're so sweet. We just discovered she was a. You know, I was somewhat (laughs) of a bully, just a little bit. I went through. It was a phase, if you will, and it was basically like I would really do it because I didn't want people looking at me because I was someone who was very smart in school, and you know, I hid that a lot of the times. I was also someone who spoke proper English. When I was raised, you know, you spoke right, you, you, the way you walk, your etiquette, you know, all these things, they were a huge deal. Things that may or may not be to people today, back in the day in Detroit, that was a big did deal. Did you have to yeah. walk around with the book I on I your sure head? did. I sure did. You know, how you set the table, the manners and things of that nature. And because when you grow up in the ghetto, and I'm from the east side, you That's know, same you're here. not expected to do or know these things, right? True. It's something that it's not expected of you. And as a result, people look at you. But I look like you. You know what I mean? And so to deflect, I would tease people. I would just tease the kids. And I had I have four brothers. So that was kind of like my backup. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they wouldn't do anything back to me. But I would always tease them because I didn't want the focus sure. to be reverted back to me. As a result, you know, I grew up very insecure mm-hmm. about the way I speak, about you know, the things that I liked or my hobbies, the things that I enjoy, et cetera. I'm an engineer by trade. I was a math major originally. And so, you know, when you go through that, mm. you know, you, like you said, what'd you say, thick skin, right? You got well, how have, about skipping the you know? whole semester and still getting a chemistry uh, scholarship? See? <laughs> yeah. You know, so and you know, and, and you all bring up a great point. And what a lot of young people will do they will try to hide mm-hmm. their greatness and excellence, Yeah. right? Because uh, sometimes they think, well, it's bragging. I don't want to brag. I don't want to you know, put myself out there. Like you said, you don't want the focus on you um, because you I do think, that today. Yeah, because <laughs> you, you don't want to be um, susceptible to the criticism or the, the teasing. Sure. Um, but what I <laughs> want young people to know is that, you know, we all have these gifts, amazing gifts and talents, and you don't have to dim your light, okay? Mm-hmm. Great you know, quote. You know, please do not dim your light. You know, we can all do shine together. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can all shine together. And, sure. and, that, and that's the thing. The things that, and this is what I want, you know, if any young person is listening to this or any parents that have um, tweens or teens, the things that you're teased, 
excluded, ostracized about now could be the things that make you a successful adult. Those things you can use to your advantage. I mean, like you were saying, tease because of the way we speak. And look at you, podcaster, okay, public speaker, right? Um, it's you funny know, author. you should say that because um, Tyrese just did an interview and he was talking Therese about. Tyrese Gibson. Tyrese Gibson. Okay. He was talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, being teased about being black. Hmm. Oh, that was a big thing. Yeah. yeah. And Colorism. He, yes. he felt like he did not feel, he said he did not feel sexy wow. all his life. And he's sex symbol. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. You know. Definitely. All the brownies and the chocolates, though, today, you know, you know, back in the day, they weren't so popular. Today, overwhelmingly popular. So. What they say, light skin was in. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly now, today, it's like you see chocolates and brownies everywhere. So, uh. Yes. You know, the, the one day, hopefully, you know, none of that will even be an issue. It's just like you won't be judged by internally, you know, mm-hmm. the hue of whatever brown shade or yellow shade you are, basically, you know. So, but yeah, I, I can I can imagine that. Yeah. So jumping um, to author. Yes. Um, I'm just doing my first book. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. And the process has been daunting. I mean, it's been a wonderful process, but it is definitely work. So I didn't, um, did you write your own? Yes, so I wrote and published my own. I self-published through Empowered Flower Girl. I'm gonna be um, hanging you up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, no no problem. And I actually um, have coached people in the process of you know, self-publishing their first book, um, people who, sure. who want to make a difference through their words and their service. And um, I actually didn't intend to start Empowered Flower Girl. I really just wanted to write a book. I just wanted to write a book to help young people, something that my nieces and my mentees would read. But then after I started the process of writing it, uh, and by the way, I it took me like five years to actually get the confidence to put it out there and actually get it published but I had written the book the book had been written for about five years but I started getting a lot of requests from people um, having mentored with alternatives for girls you know they asked me to come and do a speaking engagement for the youth and then other people asked me to come and do career day so I was getting these requests to come speak to young people and then I said you know what I need to formalize this get an LLC get things together exactly and just be formalized and because you have to take care of yourself in order to help everyone else so we need to be clear about that exactly these (laughs) things they should be monetized you know and there's nothing wrong with women monetizing and their hobbies, their skill set, or anything like that. The coin is, the bag is very important. It In is. the words of the great <laughs> Naya Marshall, get the coins. Get the coins. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's that's how Empowered Flower Girl kind of got started, is because I had this vision uh, for a book. Um, at, at the time, I was thinking of calling it Power Tools for Flower Girls. Uh, but then, you know, some young people, again, through Alternatives for Girls, I did a focus group. And I changed the name to Be Empowered because I wanted not for people to just continue to just do things, right? I call us human doings. We're not really human beings sometimes because we just do, 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 right? We don't really get a chance to be and just really um, have space for possibility in our lives. So I wanted to call it Be Empowered. Um, how to live above and beyond life's drama. The girls liked it. They helped me pick the cover, 
and um, yeah, they, they were a huge inspiration for it. And I will say to you, yes, it can seem like a daunting task, but someone out there is just waiting to read your story of inspiration and think about that when times get tough, when the editing process gets, you know, to be a little hard, when you, you know, don't feel like getting the edits back uh, from the editor, or if you feel like, oh no, I went through another cover, I redesigned this cover twice. How about another writer? <laughs> so I have a ghost writer. Okay. And so the I went through the first writer, and then the publishing company is like, listen, hmm. let's have this come to Jesus talk. That's what I call all the... <laughs> they, they love the book. They just wanted a rewrite. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And they that will happen. love the book. Mm-hmm. You can have yeah. two or three or four Absolutely. rewrites. Oh, no, 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 no. See, 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 that's where we're going to stop right there, Rashida. <laughs> we got to put that in the air. We already had the come to Jesus yeah, like, moment. Don't we're put good. that in the universe. <laughs> we're good. We have one come to Jesus. You get baptized, you come back up, there and, you, go. you know, so we got to read in the name. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's the process and then I'm, I'm, uh, I'm balancing the do I go publishing company or do I go self-publishing? Sure. And so those are like the different questions is like, you know, yeah, you know, what can you do for me? And at that point, you know what I'm saying? Sure. When you go on with a publishing company, it's like, well, why? You know, and I think that that's a lot of things that people don't think about now is because they think about, oh, well, this, you know, quote unquote, having a publishing company is just so great. But it's like, you know, we from the D, so we got yeah. to do the work. Yeah. We're used to doing the work. Absolutely. And that's the part. It's we, like, we make, as, even as black people as a whole, one thing that we pride ourselves in is we start with less we, and, and make it more. You know, and that's just what we do. And so there are successes on both ends. There's success on the publishing route. There's mm-hmm. success on the self-publishing route. And I, I have friends on both ends. And you will make your decision when, when the mm-hmm. right time comes. And she'll share it with all of our listeners. Um, but for, for you, did, was there ever a, a, a choice of publishing company or self-publish? Or was it automatic for self-publishing for you? Well, I started out wanting to pitch it to some publishing companies. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, I was a little uh, optimistic. <laughs> but then I got a couple of rejection letters. But then I said, no, I'm going to keep on going. Mm-hmm. And then um, I met a woman who um, she has um, a few she she has some programs. I think her program is called Bricks for Kids. She um, does some amazing work in the community with young people in STEM education. And I actually met her at an after-school association a conference. And she had self-published a few books. And she just said, you know, whenever you want to talk about it, uh, I know you were thinking about a publishing company. She said, but I make I make a lot more money. Yeah. Um, doing the self-publishing. And she said, I pitched my ideas around to publishers as well and then she said you know what I wanted more control um, over you know my profits but also creative control and she said oh just let me know I will come talk to you let's let's have a conversation about it we met met up at a McDonald's one day and you know she didn't even charge me for the advice and after I spoke with her 
it was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I have to do to get it done. I can't wait another five years <laughs> for it to get published. So shout out to Pamela Mack. Uh, thank you so much for uh, being the coach and cheerleader for me to go ahead and get Be Empowered published. So you'll, you'll make the right decision, uh, definitely. I'm trusting in that. I have, I want to say, and I believe I have an awesome gut. She um, does. She for does. things. And she's very strategic and analytical. So and people don't understand it. You know, people be like, but I always tell them there's a method to my madness. Like you might not understand it, you might not get it, but at the end, it works for it. Her. Works. Yeah, <laughs> it works. That's for that her. intuition. You're an, you're an intuitive. So nonprofit versus profit. Yeah. So a lot of people think that uh, Empowered Flower Girl is a nonprofit organization, but we're actually a social enterprise. Okay. Um, so we, you know, we work. Um, Ex- explain to our listeners sure. what social enterprise is. So social enterprise um, is a business that um, has some sort of social good, um, s- some sort of social good as its uh, operating um, theme or um, I would say it's a mission based. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you're not necessarily you're not a nonprofit. You know, you haven't filed the um, paperwork to get your five hundred one c three, but you operate sort of like a nonprofit. But you you know, still have to make money as nonprofits do yeah, as well. Yeah, they do. They do. They have you know they have to have certain things uh, in operation. But with a social enterprise, you know, your mission is um, is to make a difference in whatever category of business you're in. For me, it's uh, education and mentoring, consulting, and um, communications. But for others, it may be their products um, or other services that they offer that um, are designed to make a difference or improve the quality of life for people. So there's some different operations or different um, formats that you can launch your business in. Sure. Um, we know there's LLCs, Empowered Flower Girl, we're an LLC, but you also have um, some, I think it's an L3C. You know, there's still some... Partnerships and yeah, things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. yeah and there's still, there's still some uh, debates on yeah. whether or not that's the appropriate way to go for um, social enterprises. Sure. However, um, launching as an LLC is fine. Um, corporation as well. So you don't always have to go the nonprofit route for some people. That is uh, more feasible for them so they can get the grant money and um, different. Yeah, so to our listeners, social enterprise is actually a balance between the LLC, a profit, and a nonprofit. That's somewhere in the middle uh, of of that, basically. It allows you to, much like you said, be mission-driven, but also make money. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, and I think... You might want to consider that if you are mission-oriented or mission-driven. Yeah, and a lot of what we do is we partner with organizations that have a 501c3. Mm -hmm. That's quite common. Yeah, and they they get grants and they need um, someone to provide certain services, so we partner um, so that Empowered Flower Girl can provide those services to them. And it doesn't make you as open to the public, um, so to speak, as a 501c3 does. Right, having the you know scrutiny, scrutiny of, 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 of a board of directors Absolutely. and having to report. I mean, sometimes you know board of directors have ousted <laughs> the, the founder, the <laughs> director. So there, there, there's a balance between both because also you're if you have a really good board, then they are bringing revenue, you know, bringing mm-hmm. awareness, bringing all these things that you know they should do. So, uh, yeah. 
Well, Miss Rashida, it has been an awesome time sitting here with you and chatting with you. I've learned so much about bullying and that my co-host was a mean girl. <laughs> but Briefly. A smart, a, a smart <laughs> Briefly. mean girl. Right. We, we and, all can change. We yes, all can change. Yes. Um, and I've learned, I'm, I'm one step closer to making my decision on um, publishing. Awesome. And uh, we learned a little about um, social enterprises yeah. and mission driven. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, so what do you have coming up? What are you, what's next? What are What's going on? Yeah, well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, so Empowered Flower Girl, you know, I would invite everyone to go ahead and, and follow us on social media, um, engage and connect with us. We're always looking for um, submissions for our She's Empowered column. I send out a newsletter and I uh, love to feature young people, um, five to 25 years old, who are making a difference in their communities. We feature them on our social media cha- channels. So, you know, definitely send any um, recommendations for that. Uh, we're and on, how do they do that? Sure. Well, they can uh, send an email to info at empoweredflowergirl.com. Uh, we're also on social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Empowered Flower Girl and Twitter at EFG Empowered. Um, and, uh, yeah, visit our website, empoweredflowergirl.com. Uh, we've recently launched a new program for educators, counselors, nonprofit professionals who want to make a difference in the lives of young people, those who want to launch or level up a current uh, Girl Power program. Uh, we launched Girl World Peace Academy, and we have enrollment coming up. So I'm excited about that. And for anyone who wants to join that, they can visit girlworldpeace.com info. Awesome. Hashtag Her name Girl is Rash- World Peace. Rashida Kamaria Williams, Be Empowered, How to Live Above and Beyond Life's Drama. Where can they find that book? Sure. Well, they can find that book on Amazon, um, but they can also visit EmpoweredFlowerGirl.com. I have information there about the book, a description of it. And, uh, yeah, just uh, Google search us. Uh, on. Yeah, do a Google search, and you'll find us. Uh, go to Amazon. You'll find Be Empowered there as well. Awesome. Well, we are you. definitely being empowered today. Yay. Yes. <laughs> thank you very much, Ms. Rashida. Thank you.